We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so your participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your Front Range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 91 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. As always, I'm your host. Got an exciting show for everybody today. We've got a lot to dive into. So we'll start the same place we do every week, and that's by jumping into the breakdown. First thing you want to talk about in the breakdown, of course, is the Colorado Exos. Uh, it's how it's been all season. This will be the last week of that, obviously. Season ended officially on Saturday with a 33-31 loss to LA Loyals Elite. That's the Los Angeles Giltini's Academy team. Um, and I think if you talk to anybody on the team, they'd probably tell you that this last month of the season didn't go the way they would have liked. They finished the season on a four-game skid. And a quick rundown of their last four matches looks like this. So a month ago, they lost 35-33 on the road to Rugby HTX, which is, of course, uh, Houston Sabercats Academy team. Following week, they lost 36-35 at home to the Hartford Harpooners. That was on the Lena Latu's misconversion that rattled off the left upright. Week after that, they lost 25-18 on the road to Mystic River, which is another, you know, feeder academy program to the New England Free Jacks. Uh, and then finally, to close out the season, they lost 33-31 to the LA Loyals Elite at home last weekend, which, I like I just mentioned, is the Los Angeles Giltini's academy side. So they finished the season with a 5-5 five and five record overall, had a plus 115-point differential, uh, and the five matches that they lost over the course of the year were by a combined score of 19 points. So they lost by 7, 2, 1, 7, and 2. So all games that would have been either tied or won, uh, you know, with a converted try. And then, of course, those three matches in the, you know, 2-1 two, and 2, they could have won with penalty goals or, you know, just making one or two more conversions. So um, 
Those are against MLR Academy teams. Those All those losses came against, you know, the, the MLR players of tomorrow, players that have been playing rugby for quite a while. Uh, and I said on the episode of Rugby Pick'em that I did with, with our good friend Brendan, friend of the program, about a month ago, that I think it's hard to consider this season anything but a success regardless of how you measure it. If you want to measure it by wins, they won five matches. I saw a lot of chatter early on that they weren't going to win any matches because they don't know, you know, the, the intricacies of rugby. And like I just mentioned, the matches that they did lose were all by single digits. We're all within a converted try. Uh, so if you want to measure it by that, by how competitive they kept it, um, I think you, you have an argument there. If you want to measure it by, um, you know, potential, the players that could go on and do big things, uh, you got an argument there. Maake Moody, of course, signed to play with the Los Angeles Giltinis a few weeks ago. Um, and as you'll hear in this interview with Mark Bullock coming up here in a little bit, I would not be surprised if several other uh, XOs go on and play for MLR teams this summer. You know, when, when MLR players from those teams leave for Eagle duties, as we'll talk about a little bit coming up here in the breakdown. So, you will see some guys in the MLR. You will see more XOs in the MLR, and they wouldn't have had these opportunities to make it to the MLR if they didn't, you know, take this chance, come play rugby for the XOs this spring. So if you want to measure it by that, that's a success as well. Um, and I can tell you firsthand, like how much these guys love rugby, how much they've come to enjoy it. I've been doing my best when we they've come on the show to talk about, you know, when they started, you know, when they realized they liked it, what about it they like. Um, and I've done the best I can, but just, you know, in the in passing, you know, casual conversation, it's really obvious, like how much they've come to love rugby. That's only better for this sport in our country. That's only better for everything. You know, a lot of these guys played high level football. They played college football. You know, they're they have decent, you know, decently big followings on social media. Their friends are seeing them play rugby. Their friends are seeing you know, these cool photos, these cool designs, they're seeing how much fun they're having. It's traveling by word of mouth. Um, and I could tell you firsthand, you know, that other people are becoming interested that we're, would never have been interested in rugby otherwise. So I think that's a success too. So uh, like I said, five and five season, talked a little bit about it with Mark Bull coming up here. Of course, I'll talk about that in the interview portion of the show, but I think any way you want to measure this season could be considered a success and it should be considered a success because, uh, for all the reasons I just mentioned, and I'm super excited to see, you know, where this program goes and where all these guys go, um, because I really do think the sky's the limit and there are going to be a, a few serious players that come out of this and will contribute, you know, for MLR clubs and, you know, quite, quite frankly, could contribute to the USA Eagles here, uh, sooner than I think people think. And I think people realize and believe, um, so like I said, Awesome season. It was super fun to be around. I'm looking forward to, you know, being a fly on the wall, continuing to cover this the best I can moving forward. And like I said, I think the sky's the limit. So uh, kind of look back on it. Of course, I'll have something uh, written piece of content out here in the next week, just like an EXO season recap. Dug in through the numbers. I, I kept track of everyone that scored tries. So I've got a little bit of data that I'm looking forward to breaking down and sharing with everybody here in the next week or so. Uh, so keep a lookout for that on the DNVR.com. And kind of moving into the next piece of the breakdown a little bit more about the XOs, you know, what they've been up to. Like I said, season ended on Saturday, but they did about 90% of the guys went through a combine for USA Rugby on Wednesday. I know if you've been following rugby, for familiar with all that stuff, USA Rugby has been having these little like satellite camps. And this was a an informal one that kind of came together, but a lot of the guys got to work out for uh, USA Rugby. 
on Wednesday they did a high jump, they did a standing long jump, and then I, they all ran the 40-meter dash. So, you know, a lot of good numbers. Uh, I know just basing, you know, I, I watched the whole thing just based off what the, the coach was saying was like, this is a good number shoot for this. There's a lot of guys that, you know, beat the previous highs that this coach had said and, you know, a lot of other good numbers that were getting thrown out based off of the, you know, what the numbers that they were talking about prior to the workouts. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if anything comes of that, uh, if anybody got kind of gets anybody in the pipeline. But, you know, they're taking notice, they're paying attention to it, and, and they're doing their due diligence and searching for players in every, you know, nook and cranny across the country. So, like I said, we'll be interested to see if anything comes out of that. Um, and moving in, I guess that kind of moves into the next part of the breakdown. That USA Rugby named their preliminary 41-man roster for the July Test matches against England on July 4th and Ireland on July 10th. So they put out a release on the website, USA.rugby. Go check it out if you want to read it. But I picked out a couple of tidbits from the release that I thought were worth mentioning. Uh, so the first one is that 31 players on the roster represent MLR rugby clubs. So that's always good to see. That was like the whole purpose of this league was to get players in full-time training environments and see what that does on the national stage. So this will really truly be like the first, I guess, true test. There was an instance, they, they played Canada in 2019, and that was like kind of the first look at this with the, you know, full-time training environment for two years, how it was looking. But now they've got, you know, two more years under their belt. So this should be when it really starts to make a difference and we should really see some results. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing if that actually comes to fruition. I have a good feeling that it will. The level of play in MLR continues to rise year after year. Um, and I think it should spill over into this stuff. So hopefully we get good showings on, on July 4th and on July 10th against England and Ireland. Uh, second piece of the the you know, the news release that I wanted to break down is that four players were former Raptors, were on the Raptors roster last year. There was more that have been on the roster in the past, but just dating back to 2020, Nick Boyer, Ryan James, Mika Kruse, and John Ryberg are all getting, you know, this initial nod. That's cool to see. Friend of the program, Nick Boyer. Uh, so we wish those guys the best of luck. Being at their former Raptors last year, the another tidbit of the news release the final roster will be announced in late june so that's something to keep an eye on and then something kind of buried in there at the end is that infinity park will host a september 11 match against canada that should be really awesome uh, you know they're playing on, on july 4th and so september 11th both you know hugely important days in the united states history i'm sure they'll be very emotional in both of those matches so it's kind of cool to see stuff shaping up especially after last year it was hard to you know set your watch to anything but now we have something to look forward to and um, you know get hyped up about and of course uh, with Infinity Park being named you know the headquarters for the 15s team the men's team will assemble at Infinity Park here I would assume this summer they had said no dates or anything but of course in the fall leading up to these test matches uh, so that should be fun stuff to watch I'm excited for it. it's exciting news and it's just nice to be able to look forward to some international rugby again especially after a year where you know, we weren't doing anything. I was, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel, looking for anything I could to just make content. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this. It should be fun. I'm excited to see how it all goes. So uh, last part of the breakdown I want to talk about before we jump into all of the rugby that you can watch this weekend is that USA Rugby also put out their sevens kit for the Tokyo Olympics this summer. And it looks freaking awesome, uh, I think, you know. Uh, so I, they, they put out a couple bullet points just, you know, explaining the jersey, what it all means. So it's adorned with stripes to form a U.S. star, the emblem, 
on the chest is inspired by the 1920 crest. It's got two uh, stars on that emblem for the 1920 and 1924 gold medals that the USA won, uh, and then seven stripes to represent the seven players on the field. Uh, so I'm cooking up some fun content ideas for a summer full of sevens. We've got the Olympics to look forward to. Um, should be awesome. So stay tuned for all that. We've got USA. I think USA sevens is, is in June in LA. So a lot of seven stuff coming up. There'll be a lot of cool stuff. And there's a lot of cool Colorado connections that I'm not sure people realize. So looking forward to diving into all that. So make sure you stay tuned for all that. Uh, keep up with us on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby. So that does it for the breakdown. We're going to move into all the rugby that you could watch this weekend. Starting with Premiership, we've got Sail Sharks versus Bristol Bears on Friday at 12.45 p.m. We've got Glasser versus London Irish tomorrow. Oh, that's on Friday at 12.45 p.m. Excuse me. We've got Harlequins versus Bath on Saturday at 7 a.m. Worcester versus Leicester uh, on Saturday at 8 a.m. We've got Northampton versus Wasps on Saturday at 9.30 a.m. We've got Exeter versus Newcastle on Sunday at 6.30 a.m. You can catch all of those matches on Peacock. Moving into the Rainbow Cup, we've got uh, Munster versus Cardiff Blues. Got to zoom in. I, this is super small on my computer, and I have bad eyes. So give me one second. Okay, sorry for the delay. I'm blind. Uh, we've got Munster versus Cardiff Blues on Friday at 12.30 p.m., uh, we've got Ulster versus Scarlets on Saturday at 7.55 a.m. We've got Benetton versus Connacht on Saturday at 10.10 a.m. We've got Dragons versus Glasgow Warriors on Saturday at 12.20 p.m. That was a struggle bus getting through the Rainbow Cup fixtures. But you can watch all those matches on ESPN+. Plus. Moving into Allianz Premier 15s. So we've got Saracens versus Harlequins in the final for the third straight year. Saracens looking to make it three straight victories. Uh, so check out some of the, the women's rugby final. Premier 15's final should be awesome. That match will take place at 8.45 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, it's Mountain Time, of course. And it should be streamed on Premier15s.com for those of us in the States. That's how it was last weekend. So I would assume it's the same. Uh, but otherwise, it's on BT Sport. Moving into Super Rugby Trans Tasman fixtures. Uh, on Friday at 1.05 a.m., we've got Hurricanes versus Western Force. And then on Friday at 11.05 p.m., we have Waratahs versus the Crusaders. On Saturday at 1.15 a.m., we have the Blues versus the Brumbies. At 3.45 a.m. on Saturday, we have the Reds versus the Chiefs. And then at 11 p.m., we have the Highlanders versus the Rebels. Uh, so New Zealand teams are 2-0 versus Australian teams through the first two weeks of the competition. You can catch all of those matches on flowrugby.com. And you still can't bet on this competition in DraftKings for some reason. I don't know what's up with that. You could bet on both Super Rugby Aotearoa and Super Rugby Australia during their actual seasons. So I don't know what changed. They're just playing each other now. You would think that the book would just keep it rolling. Um, so that's a bummer. But I'm keeping my eyes on it. I'm checking it every week. So as soon as that changes, and hopefully it does change, we can bet on Super Rugby again. That's my favorite rugby to bet on. So... And then, of course, last but not least, we'll end the, all the rugby you can watch this weekend with the MLR fixtures. So we've got the Toronto Arrows and the New England Free Jacks kicking the weekend off on Saturday at 2 p.m. on the Rugby Network. At the same time, you can catch Houston Sabercats at the San Diego Legion again on Saturday at 2 p.m. Mountain Time on the Rugby Network. We have the L.A. Guiltinis uh, taking on Rugby ATL on Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. You can catch that one on the Rugby Network. Uh, to round out your Saturday, the Austin Gilgronies at the Utah Warriors on Saturday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. You can watch that one on Fox Sports 2. 
And then to round out round 11, we have Rugby United New York at Old Glory DC on Sunday at 11 a.m. And you can catch that one on the Rugby Network as well. So that does it for all the rugby you can watch this weekend. Again, you have a full slate of rugby, a lot of good stuff to watch. Mix it in your playoff hockey, your playoff basketball. You know, you're staying up late. Wake up in the morning, watch some rugby. It should be awesome. You got plenty to choose from. So pick a couple of matches and, and make sure you give those a watch. We'll jump into the interview portion of the show now. We've got Colorado XO Director of Rugby Mark Bullock on this week. This was a really good interview. He had a lot of interesting things to say. He gave his thoughts on the XO season, talked about some of the players that he was impressed by, a lot of friends of the program, obviously. Uh, talks about some of the players that could very well end up on some MLR teams this summer. So he mentions names and he mentions teams uh, that are, are interested in these guys. So that's a pretty interesting tidbit. And then he talks about the summer, you know, and their fall plans and kind of what's going to be going on this summer and where they're going to end up playing their rugby in the fall. So it was a really good interview. Uh, always a joy having Mark on the show. Always good to have a fellow farmer on the show as well. I uh, love when Mark comes to chat with me. So with that, we'll go ahead and kick it to my conversation with Colorado XO Director of Rugby, Mark Bullock. All right, now we welcome back onto the show Colorado XO Director of Rugby and Head Coach Mark Bullock. Mark, how's it going? Colton, it's great. It's great to be back show. Thank you. Hopefully we can get through this with the, with the solid cell phone connection. Uh, but I, I'm optimistic. And I'm looking forward to jumping into it, Mark. So first question I had for you is just, can you give me your overall impression on this first season, maiden voyage season? Actually, that's a great, it's really a great question, uh, Colton. Um, how did our season go? And, and, and to start with, I'd say that, you know, when we started this, um, like many things, there's, you know, there's a lot of things we didn't know, you know, and it's, it, you could say, we didn't know what we didn't know. And that's probably true of the players also. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, fresh out of some other sport into rugby. But um, overall, I think we had a huge development. I think our players uh, really adapted to the game. And actually, in our exit interviews uh, earlier this week, we were uh, informing the players that they are now rugby players. They're no longer crossover athletes um, because they have uh, really truly made that adaptation to the game of rugby. Um, you know, and, and each game we've, um, working on our development, but the most important thing is getting experience. And so we've had 10 matches, uh, this spring. And so as a result of that, the players have gotten a huge uh, amount of experience. Mm -hmm. We still need a lot of experience, but, um, they're really catching onto the game. And I think far exceeded expectations of maybe some of the people out there that really had questions about, you know, what we were doing and, you know, could we actually convert uh, other sport athletes to rugby? Right. And I think I would agree with you there. I think that is true. I think the, uh, I know that I've said this on the show a lot, but a lot of people have said the proof would be in the pudding. I think the proof was in the pudding. A um, lot of a lot of good stuff, some bad, but it was to be expected. So I know, Mark, you mentioned that you didn't know what you didn't know. So what was like kind of one or two things that you and your staff learned along the way or, or maybe like a couple unexpected challenges that came your way? Yeah, well, first off, I'd like to address this. Some good and some bad. I really don't think, you know, from my viewpoint, there was anything bad. That's um, fair. I look at I look at it as experience, right? Right. Um, you know, people say you have good experience and bad experience, but the way that I look at life is that everything we do is an experience, and then we want to take from that uh, and grow and change. You know, 
and, and really, to be fair, as we've done our exit interviews this week, we've had to release some players. And one of the things that we tell them is that, you know, getting a setback, or in this case being released, provides another opportunity that you just don't know where that will take you. So, you know, I think that our experience uh, that the players had really, you know, was a positive thing. Yeah. And whether or not, you know, the the outcome was positive or negative, uh, that's a different story. But I think just the experience was, was huge for our players. Right. That's a good way to look at it. Everything, everything is, you can build off of everything. I think that's kind of what we're getting at here. Um, so I know you, you kind of answered this already, but uh, the one of the questions kind of going through the season, as I, I heard on a reoccurring basis, is we're not quite a rugby team yet. We're not quite a rugby team yet. So do you, you feel like you achieved that goal by the end of the season? You became a rugby team? Um, I do. And actually, I think, the, the again, the proof and the pudding on that is uh, the comments of the coaching staffs and or the players of the teams that we've played. And um, one of the probably biggest comment is um, I can't believe that they play the way they play, uh, having been involved in the game in such a short time. And I think that's a, a, a statement of, you know, the athleticism of the players. And, and, and what we forget sometimes is that, you know, high quality or elite athletes um, are just not physically talented. They generally are pretty mentally talented in terms of sports and, Many of our athletes have, in fact, played multiple sports. They didn't come from football. They also been doing sports when they were in high school before they specialized in college. And I think the fact that they can adapt quickly uh, is probably one of the key things. And I would say also, you know, the players that uh, performed the best for us were players who not only, you know, demonstrated their own talent, but they also studied the game via video, uh, via conversations with coaches and watching, uh, international matches. So those players did a lot of work mm -hmm. and consequently they adapted. And then, you know, we tried to put together a, a rudimentary, uh, pattern of play so that they could play with some structure, uh, during their matches. And I think they performed well. And I think teams that we played were quite surprised. Um, at how the, our boys played. Right. And kind of piggybacking off of that, Mark, what did you, in, in your opinion, what was the team's best match that they played this whole season? Well, that's really a good question um, because I think uh, when we came down to that, <laughs> interesting enough, I'd say the last four matches that we played and, and maybe the last five matches, and, and we lost four of those last matches, I think all of those matches were really um, crucial for us. We played quality opposition with lots of experience on all of those teams. And, you know, we fronted up uh, to them. And, and actually in all of those games, various times we were behind and we, you know, came back um, to, you know, attempt to, to claw the victory out at the end. But I think, you know, we played really well in those games. Probably the one I'd be most proud of in the game uh, at Mystic River where we played with 14 players mm -hmm. for over half of the game. And our players uh, responded and, and didn't, you know, didn't have a mental letdown. They actually uh, picked up their game. And, and in the course of that game, we actually went ahead 18-13. Uh, was it 18-15? 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had an opportunity to win it. And, of course, in the last six minutes, uh, Mystic River scored two tries and good on them for, for continuing to put us under pressure. But I think that was probably the, the most um, exciting game. Also, the fact that the Mystic River fans, they were the most rambunctious and um, <laughs> hostile of fans that we've been around. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, the players just reacted to that and just played, uh, you know, a game and ignored all of the, the comments that were coming from the sidelines. That's good. That's good to hear. And in, in a year where fans have been, you know, sparse everywhere, that's, that's always fun to see. Uh, so, Mark, I got a question about a couple of guys to ask you. So um, if we could just go through a couple. So is is there some, uh, one or two players that you were kind of most impressed by this season? And then I have a follow-up question of who showed the most improvement over the season? Well, I would I would start with the most improvement. Who showed the most improvement? I'd say pretty much every player on the team other than the ones who came with some rugby pedigree mm-hmm. uh, to themselves. Um, but one of the biggest surprises for me was Max Dacey, who was part of our academy uh, back when we first started this and part of Major League Rugby, and then he had suffered an injury and really has played rugby uh, very much in the last two to three years. Um, and so we weren't really sure what to expect of him, uh, even though he had played. And he played really outstanding and showed a lot of leadership. And I was really pleased with the fact that um, he took the opportunity that was presented to him because obviously he had been a part of our academy and had been hoping to be an MLR player. And so this gave him that step forward to, to present himself uh, to opportunities for the future. Mm-hmm. Um and then if I look across the board at, at just players in general, I'd say, you know, one of the outstanding players uh, across the board would be Gene Unlocked. Um, you know, he came to be become a hooker for us and really spent a tremendous amount of time developing his throw and working on his game. And um, I think just really had an outstanding season. Among other things, he's a tackling machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... It, you know, it's quite a good ball handler. He still obviously needs to work on his uh, pass catch skills, but you know, overall, I think he had just an outstanding season. That being said, we it should be noted that at this time, uh, as of this interview, we have three players that are being uh, highly recruited and considered by uh, the Los Angeles Guillotines. We have Atlanta looking at uh, two other players. And Houston is also looking at a player, and we've gotten preliminary answers from New York. So these are all MLR teams who are looking for um, our players to be able to fill in in July, um, June, July of their season, um, because obviously they're coming down to the point where some players on those teams will be pulled into the U.S. national team squad, right? And or they have injury issues. So. We already have Miyaki playing for the LA Dilatinis, and then we have these other players who are being looked at. So, if I were to look at, you know, improvement, I'd say guys improved, but more importantly, they improved to a point where you have MLR teams who, after basically 18 weeks of rugby, right. are saying, "Hey, I'm interested in Jalen Robinson. Uh, I'm interested in Tonatapu, and et cetera." So, I think, you know, that bodes well for, you know the recruitment that uh, Peter Task or um, head of player personnel has done. Right. 
And, and Mark, are you allowed to tell us a couple more of those guys that are drawing interest, or is that something we just have to wait and find out about? Yeah, no, I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, one is uh, uh, um, Jimmy Smith is being looked at. Yeah. Um, Len A um, is being looked at. Um, let's see, you already mentioned Jalen, Tani. Uh, those are the, the key ones that are being right. looked at right now. Uh, Max Stacy is also in the hunt. Um, we had, uh, um, uh, shoot, what do I say? I'm having a brain <laughs> right now. Or Tom Clark has Sean. been looked at, but he really, he would like to do some work, uh, just rehabbing his shoulder because he's had some sublocation right. and had a dislocation. He'd like to get that taken care of uh, during the off season. So those are key guys. Daquan um, Patton has also been looked at. Mm-hmm. I so, think... you know, it's opportunities for those players. And, and what we do is we represent them in terms of the opportunities. And, and if they get – and the key for us is that they get more experience, right? right more experience sure. practicing in a high-level environment. And then if they have the opportunity to get in games, and my guess is they would be, you know, coming off the bench if they have that opportunity. Right. It just gives them more experience which really sets us up for the fall when we're looking to start our season again and, and looking for our tour to South Africa. Right. Uh, and I think that speaks for itself with to have all these guys drawing interest from all these clubs, especially with the, you know, the opportunity to go up while some of these guys from these clubs go on the international duty for the summer. That's awesome. I uh, just kind mm-hmm. of think it speaks to what, you know, that's going on here at this program. So it's awesome to hear. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just think it's pretty, you know, it speaks highly of the young men that we brought in. For sure. Who, A, again, from my viewpoint, it's a huge risk for somebody to go, yep, you know, I'm playing football and now I'm going to change completely to a new sport. I'm going to play rugby. And then within 18 weeks, they've worked hard to pick it up. And I think it uh, makes a good statement about our coaching staff trying to help facilitate the development of those players. So, you know, it's, it's a, I think it's really positive and we really didn't know, again, we didn't know what we didn't know. We didn't know what to expect. Right. And what we have discovered is that the key to what we're doing, it comes down to recruitment. It's about, you know, how good do we recruit and, and part of our conversation and we, and we com- always compare Alabama and the University of Alabama. University of Alabama is one of the best teams in the U.S. in NCAA football and why? As they recruit the best athletes. Right. So one of the things we've discovered from our process is that it's really important our recruitment, and we think that um, our head of recruitment and person, player personnel, Peter Pass, has done a great job of that, and um, obviously other members of the staff have worked on that recruitment too. But you know he's the king behind that, and, and mm-hmm. we have to continue to to go after and find the very best athletes, which is what Alabama does. And then the Alabama coaching staff then facilitates their becoming, you know, right. quality football in their program. All right, that's very interesting to to hear the the philosophy behind that. But that's, like I said, that's awesome stuff. That's awesome news. Uh, and so I guess we'll kind of go back to talking about some of the players too, Mark. And this is, uh, well, I guess, a little bit different of a pivot. But there's been kind of a debate, especially on this show. So we've had Jalen on, of course. We've had David Still on. Um, I, I've come to the understanding that those two are like the consensus, like the biggest hitters on the team. So in your opinion, Mark, who, who hit the hardest this year? 
Well, you know what? I, I have one. I want to say one thing. David yeah. Steele is another one of those players that's being recruited. Yes, Steele Latinos are interested in him. I, I, I think that's um, understandable too. He had a nice season. Yeah. Well, in fact, in our game against the uh, uh, L.A. Loyals, the Latinos um, uh, academy team at halftime, their coach told their players, "Do not kick the ball to David Steele <laughs> in the second half." So he's, he's so, dangerous with the ball in hand. Yeah, that's a, that's a quality of that. Um, who's made the biggest hit? Well, that's a good one. I think it, the, the challenge with that question is is that one plays in the forwards, one plays in the backs. Right. So the player who plays in the backs, um, most of the time their hits will look bigger because they're coming from further away, and sometimes right. the impact looks a lot bigger than it is. Um, so I wouldn't venture to say – either of them has the bigger hit because they're just coming from two different points of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that um, Jalen, when he makes a tackle has great leg drive. and He just continues to, like we like to say to our players, um, eyes off thighs, wrap and squeeze, drive for five. And, and he basically drives for 10, 15. Yeah. Um, and then uh, David still, he's the, uh, hit the man, get hold of one leg, and drive him back right into the ground as quickly as he can. So their technique's slightly different just because of their positions and right. their body size too. Right. So I know. Sorry, Mark, I didn't answer. I did. Sorry, I didn't answer your question. But that's, that's okay. That's the nature of coaching. <laughs> that's okay. As I you ran, you were running around with those guys a couple times this year. You never did. You ever get mixed up in any contact? Or did you, you do your best to stay out of that. Well. <clears throat> Well, I did get involved in some contact, not on purpose. One time, <laughs> I did. I uh, remember that. <laughs> yeah, it was early in the season, and 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 the players were doing a channel drill, and I was had my back to the channel and explaining to somebody um, what it is they needed to do, and then I just got whacked from behind. I, I think that was Vince forward, or somebody. Did a flip on. I did a flip on the ground, top right back up, <laughs> and then continued coaching yes. the player that I had been coaching at that time. Dude, that is true. I can vouch for you. You did not skip a beat. That's the cost of doing business sometimes, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Just keep <laughs> talking. I like it. Uh, let's see what I got next here. Uh, I guess you, you kind of mentioned the some of it, but was there any pleasant surprises? I know, again, you said you didn't know what you didn't know, um, but was there anything you were pleasantly surprised by over the course of these last five months? Um, I think the um, pleasant surprise was how quickly the team um, coalesced as a team, um, you know, just in terms of the interaction of the players uh, with each other uh, and how they came to really support each other. Um, because again, they're coming from varied programs, very, you know, kind of a, a different mindset than uh, rugby. And I think they really adapted to the, to the rugby culture. Mm-hmm. And so is that, I guess my next question is, what are you most proud of? Is that in that same category? Um, I would say I'm, I'm most proud of um, their adaptation to, to rugby and and probably to the way that we coach because we try to uh, make our sessions player-centered mm-hmm. uh, and to include the players. And, of course, when you start off and you don't have any knowledge, it's, it's sometimes difficult to to have the players included in that because you may have to be more direct learning uh, at the start of the season. But I think as we went along, we discovered that their um, athletic intelligence, their IQ is, is quite good. And so we were able to uh, do a good job of, I think, asking questions and getting their input under their own development. Right. 
And then, Mark, I, I got two more before I let you go. So this one, uh, back when we first started talking about this whole thing, I think one of the second or third time you came on the show and, and you were talking about this whole project, you referenced it, you referred to it as an experiment, right? And so you said mm-hmm. that you were going to you're gonna do the experiment and then you're going to make some changes. So is there a couple mm-hmm. changes that, that come to the top of your mind that you're comfortable sharing? Well, yeah. The, the one big one we learned is the criticalness of our, our recruitment process. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and that you is, about that you know, yeah, it it really comes down to, you know, really trying to identify the key factors that we need. And 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 our first base is key factors are, are physical metrics. Um, and then our next base is really, you know, comes down to what kind of person are they? What kind of character are they? Are they a Michael Bandy and a Jalen Robinson who are just, you know, spend time studying film, working? coming into camp already prepared to do the things to do. Are they going to be the guy that's going to go out and run the trail so that they come in and do a Bronco test and they're ready to go? Mm. Um, so that's an intangible, but that's one of those things that we have to um, be able to figure out by uh, interviewing coaches and, and people who've uh, been around and or worked with the athletes that we're recruiting. So I think that's one of those big things that we, you know, we have to become better at. Um, and then other parts of it is, um, you know, really focusing on, again, the core skills. Um, that's yeah. the, and we do focus on core skills, but I see some areas that we need to be, um, if you would, more disciplined in. Right. You know, and, and some of that's like, you know, simple things like carrying the ball in two hands or uh, when we place the ball, making sure that they, um, you know, score the try and then fight to put the ball back. And, and sometimes... I would say we were a bit lax in our training. And so one of the things I have to do a better job of is helping our coaches to help our players be disciplined in all of the things that we do. Right. And then Mark, my last question before I let you go is just what's the, what do these next few months look like? I know there's some mini camps. Uh, you already mentioned the tour to South Africa. You can just kind of take us through what these next couple of months look like for you. Yeah. The, um, well, obviously the off season, um, players are taking off for the first week or two. Uh, quite a few of the players are staying in Glendale and they'll be uh, training and working locally. So they'll have access to the gym. We've uh, asked most of them to, uh, if they're staying locally, to train with the uh, water dogs who, mm-hmm. you know, in effect have been the, uh, Glendale's um, Division Two squad. Right. So we want the players to get as much experience as they can. And then the coaches of the water dog happen to be uh, Sarah Shabbat's the head and mostly Timoteo's the um, attack and backs coach. And so both of them happen to be on our staff. So yes, it gives sir. us an opportunity to a train with um, the players who are part of that program and, and are probably more experienced. Uh, so we get more experience. So that's one area that that'll be happening. And of course they'll be training. In addition to that, we'll be entering a team in rugby town sevens. Mm-hmm. Um, Mose Timoteo will be um, the head coach on that. So we've already invited members of this present team to be part of that. And then we will be recruiting um, seven players at minimum outside. There'll be true crossovers again, new to the game. Uh, We'll be inviting those players to come in and train as part of our um, attempt to play sevens. And that's another part of those experience. We, a lot of people say, well, sevens is a good introduction to rugby. It's easier than 15s because there's less players, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so we're going to find out if that's truly true. Right. You know, at a high level, can we can we 
make uh, a difference with these guys coming in. And then obviously some of those players we hope will be able to play with our 15s team as we move into August in our August training and then into our games in September. That's awesome. I know I'm very, very much looking forward to the Rugby Town 7s team. I think that should be super fun. So, Mark, that's all the questions I had for you. Thank you so much for your time. Congrats on a great season. Uh, looking forward to catching up with you again here soon. Oh, thank you, Colton. I, I can tell you that um, I'm really excited about uh, what the players have accomplished, and I'm really looking forward to the challenges that we have coming up in the fall. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you. All right, I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with Colorado XO Director of Rugby, Mark Bullock. Big shout-out to Mark for, for taking some time out of his day to do that interview. I know we had some cell phone issues, but we powered through it, and uh, we got the interview done. So thank you again to Mark. Uh, with the interview portion of the show in the books, let's go ahead and jump into the required reading. Uh, so if you were listening to the show two weeks ago, I talked about Nate Ebner's book. But he's got another interesting piece out today, this week, I guess. Uh, and that's what you'll be assigned for re- required reading. you got a long weekend, so you got plenty of extra time to, to knock this one out. And it's nice and short, but it's entitled, Nate Ebner Listens to His Heart When Switching Between Rugby and Football by Bob Rayner. Uh, and it just talks about his experience, you know, flipping back and forth between rugby and football. Uh, he talks about the, the physical challenges it took, you know, going from the NFL to the Olympics and how he thought that was harder than going from the, you know, Olympics to the NFL uh, just talks about how different the training is and, and how different the games are. So pretty interesting read. I thought it was a perfect you know piece to assign for required reading as we put a cap on this EXO season. So make sure you go check that out. As always, I will link that article in the article that houses this podcast. I also will put it in the description. So whatever app you're listening to this on, just go ahead and click that if you want to check that out. That does it for required reading. So we'll close the show with the loop. Got actually quite a bit to talk about in the loop this week. Usually don't really have anything, but we actually do this week. So first thing I guess I wanted to mention is that our guy, Michael Bandy, is ripping it up in the spring league. So if you've been listening to the show, he's a friend of the program. He was a guest from like two weeks ago, so you didn't even have to go back that far to look for him. Uh, but he was a Colorado XO scrum half. He was the captain of the team this year. Uh, he left the team a little bit early. He left after the Rugby HTX match. So he missed the last three weeks um to join the spring league and in those three weeks he's got three touchdowns so he was about two yards short of scoring that touchdown in that first week that I asked him a couple of questions about that he had two touchdowns in the second week and then he put up another one last week so you know he's leading all receivers in touchdowns in the spring league through three weeks I think there's like two or three more weeks to play so he very well could mess around and wind up with an invite to an NFL training camp which would be awesome for him and really awesome for the EXO program you know it's gave him something to do it gave him something to keep in shape gave him something to you know just a different way to see things I'd be interested to go back and talk to him now I asked him a lot of questions in the interview just about you know how he's seen his game change and he was saying that it was too early but it's kind of kind of hard not to wonder if it did something for him now right if he's ripping it up in the spring league Uh, so congrats to Michael Bandy that's awesome to see looking forward to keeping in touch with him and seeing you know where this ends up I know he talked about in the interview that he wanted to take this opportunity and just see, explore it and see if this, you know, put him in the NFL, if this gave him any more football opportunities, give him a little bit of closure if it didn't. And he's very literally given it his all. He's had, you know, the best performance out of any receiver at the spring league. So we're wishing him the best and, and looking forward to see where he lands with all that. So uh, next part of the loop, I want to talk about some I talked about a little bit earlier in the show, but I'm putting together a detailed season recap of the XOs. Didn't, 
right to recap after the last match. I watched it a little bit later than I was hoping to. I watched it on Sunday. I just kind of felt like old news by that point. So I decided, you know, I'll just put it all together in an end of season recap. That will be out next week. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And the best way to do that, the best way to keep your eyes peeled for all that stuff is to follow us on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby and at Colton Strickler. I'm Like I said earlier, I'm cooking up a lot of ideas for the summer. Excited about what I've going on up there in my brain. Uh, and that kind of leads to the next thing is I, I will be taking a short break from the podcast. Everything is fine. Could be one week, could be two, but I'm traveling a little bit over these next couple of weeks. I just need to give my brain a short break so that I can conjure up some of these ideas and, and you know give them the attention they deserve. And I will be back better than ever here sometime in June. Uh, I've been planning this break for a while, just kind of looking back at the shows and looking back in this last year. I think I've put a show out every week, sometimes a couple times a week since the beginning of May last year. Had some you know, some stuff going on. If you go back and listen, you can kind of tell. Uh, but I just decided I need to give a little bit of a break, you know, just relax for, for a, a week or two. Uh, and like I said, been planning it for a while, but it still feels kind of odd to not already be planning next week's show. Uh, but I'm looking forward to just taking a week or two off here and getting fresh and getting back in the swing of everything here in the middle of June. So uh, that's my show, a little bit longer one. Talked a little bit more than I was anticipating to. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. I hope you all had a great week. Hope you have a great weekend. Hope you enjoy all the matches this weekend. And I'll catch you all back here in a couple of weeks.